Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, August 2nd. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. Morning, Tom. It's primary day, Carl. Big one today. We've got a bunch of states going. We've got Arizona, Missouri, uh, Washington State, Kansas, Michigan, a lot of big races, a lot of races that have, uh, you know, the the typical Trump uh, endorsement. <laughs> well, Arizona <laughs> especially. That's that's the one everyone is watching, Tom. That is, although that seems to be one of probably the – it doesn't seem like it's going to be that competitive. There was a poll showing that maybe one poll that said that uh, Carrie Lake was perhaps um, – or that Robson was ahead by one point, but the other polls show that she's well ahead and Blake Masters is well ahead. So seems like Trump's going to win that Arizona. Well, that's why they count the votes, Tom. <laughs> uh, we also had this crazy, strange Trump endorsement yesterday come out in the Missouri race. It was an endorsement, but not an endorsement. So he endorsed Eric and <laughs> Eric Reitens. <laughs> well, no, Eric no. Schmidt also. Oh, oh okay. He both, Two of the candidates, two of the leading candidates are both named Eric. Um, and so both of them sort of took that as an endorsement, even though it was really not an endorsement of either of them particularly. Um, but there's a big battle. There's a there's a story in Politico. Alex Eisenstadt has it. Uh, we have it on left column in Rookler Politics today going through the sort of last minute flurry of lobbying that was going on inside uh, while he was at Bedminster during this, you know, live golf tournament that was going on there at his golf property, uh, everybody, you know, pushing him to go one way or the other. Pam Bondi, who's former attorney general of the state of Florida. She's a good buddy of Eric Schmidt. Uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle is a huge supporter of Eric Greitens. So everybody was, uh, you know, in Trump's ear on this one. And at the end of the day, he decided to to punt, basically. Just to endorse Eric. <laughs> Exactly. So, <laughs> well, he's got a funny this primary season is things that I've never seen before in politics, and you know, it's not. I guess it's not funny if you're running the campaigns, but he'll endorse somebody and then withdraw the endorsement, or he'll endorse them and then say, "Yeah, but they didn't. He didn't do anything I said, so it doesn't count against me that they didn't win." Look, the guy cheats at golf. That's kind of funny, but he also <laughs> kind of cheats at endorsements, which I've never seen before. Tudor Dixon, who's the campaign. She's running for governor of Michigan, and and he endorsed her late, just a couple of days ago. She's well ahead in the polls. I mean, she's she's not going to lose that race. So he kind of you know jumps yeah. on the horse that's that's right. way ahead in the right. That's another in the move. race. Another he gets signature victory. Trump move. Right. <laughs> um, what about that race though, Carl? I mean, you have it. Gretchen Whitmer is up for reelection. She's uh, you know was in the headlines a lot during COVID lockdowns, et cetera. She's one of the leading proponents. She and Trump got into it as he did with other blue state governors, but the Republicans have had a real sort of interesting primary where they had a bunch of candidates that didn't, they got kicked off the ballot for invalid signatures. And so they ended up, um, looks like they're going to end up with Tudor Dixon who, you know, I don't know if this is a, if there's a year where, Oh, Democratic governor in a blue state could get upset. It would be, it would be this year, someplace in Michigan or Illinois or one of these other states, perhaps where where folks are running. Um, what do you think, though? Has she got a chance? Well, you you keep trying to get me to give predictions, but you know I don't do that. <laughs> so, so so it's called real clear politics, not real clear futures. 
Whitmer was an interesting case, though. She was mentioned as a possible vice presidential running mate in the Democratic primary season. And then after what happened with George Floyd in the summer of our discontent, it, it became clear that Biden didn't feel he could choose the person who we presumed to be his first choice, Amy Klobuchar, and instead went with a woman of color who'd attacked him basically as being a racist in the debate. Uh, it would have been a surprise if you'd gone back two months ago. But there was a poll that Whitmer didn't help Biden, even among Democrats, as a running mate, even in Michigan. That made people, that made Republicans think she's vulnerable, but they've never, I don't think they've polled ahead of her yet. It's still a Democratic state, mostly. Listen, we're going to end up talking about these primaries more after the vote's taken, and we'll be able to sort of pick through the bones. We've got a couple other big stories. Nancy Pelosi's apparently going to visit Taiwan, which is causing a, an, an international incident. Um, our very own Phil Wegman was in the White House press briefing room yesterday, asked John Kirby, who was there, why the administration, why the president himself came out and said, look, the military doesn't want her to do this. Um, now the administration is basically saying, look, we, you know, we don't control her. She makes her own decisions and it's okay. I mean, it's just. They actually anyway. said, they actually used the phrase separation of powers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they so, couldn't prevent a congressman from going. I, Tom, I'm assuming there's not going to be World War III by the time we're next doing our doing our next takeaway. But what what about this? Was this a smart idea? Tom Friedman ripped Nancy Pelosi in a column this morning. I, I've never seen Tom Friedman so exercised about such a thing. He pulled no punches this morning, calling her visit potential visit. I mean, apparently she's going to do it, but utterly reckless um, of no benefit. She's not going to. She's not going to make Taiwan more safe, more secure. She's not going to do anything for the United States. The only thing she's going to do is is poke China in the eye right at the moment when we need it the least. And for him, that's because he feels like we need to absolutely win the Ukraine war. And if China gets involved in that, it's going to set us back there. Um, but uh, Tom, pretty I, remarkable. I, you've got you've got plenty of Republicans who are saying, you know. Tom. She should do this, and we shouldn't let China dictate the the travel schedule of the Speaker of the House. I mean, what well, do you make well, of this? Obviously, well? we shouldn't. I, yeah, I have a couple of thoughts, Tom. The first is uh, Tom Friedman. I, I I respect a lot. I know him personally. I respect his work. He's won two Pulitzer prizes for foreign reporting. He could have won three or four, as far as I'm concerned. He, he had the he was the best reporter in the Middle East for years. But but I think Pelosi's calculation is the opposite of what Friedman thinks. I think she's going there precisely because China is watching what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. And if the West buckles uh, the uh, and uh, Ukraine falls and nothing and there's no consequences to Russia, um, people who care about civil rights and care about civil human rights and care about Taiwan think that China will gobble up Taiwan, that they're watching this. I, I think Pelosi, she's not doing this idly. You could be glib and say, you know, uh, if a House speaker can irritate Joe Biden, and Donald Trump with the same action, which is what Pelosi's doing. She's probably on the right track. But but <laughs> I don't want to be glib. I want to say I covered Pelosi for years in the House. She has a long record of concern with human rights. And she stood up. To, she's talked about China's violation of human rights, no matter who's been in the White House, when Bill Clinton was there, when Obama was there, when Bush was there. I, I think she's pretty principled on these issues. And I wouldn't assume that that she knows less, you know, than a newspaper columnist. So I, hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, I guess the question is why now? Why this moment? Why is she choosing? I guess she right was now? going over there anyway. It's, yeah, well, it was an Asian we'll trip. But, hopefully, but, hopefully she doesn't start World War III. But okay, Tom, but, like but, wait, but wait a minute, Tom, but wait a minute before we sign up. I mean, why not? Why shouldn't the house be, 
Why should China, a communist dictatorship, why, shouldn't why should they tell the House Speaker? Why should they tell House Speaker what country she can go to or not? I, I it should offend Americans that with the, the saber rattling that China. Let's look at it the other way. What they've Carl, said is irresponsible. Carl, I, China. Okay, I don't disagree. And with dangerous. That. And once and listen, I don't disagree with that. And once you announce you're going someplace, then to back down would would make that a capitulation. The question is whether it was prudent to announce it in the first place and whether Joe Biden should have told her, hey, you know what, Nancy, maybe stand down on this one, maybe go you know, next year or maybe go some other time. Um, she didn't do that. And so we're going to live with the consequences, whatever those might be. All right, we've got a couple minutes left and I want to go, we're going to switch from real clear politics to real clear sports. Deshaun Watson, six game suspension, no fine based on this judge's ruling uh, that's the recommendation to the NFL that may or may not be what it is. Uh, ultimately, a lot of I was could not believe six games. That's it. I mean, I think the NFL should give him way more than that. It should be more like 60 games. A lot of people think it should be a year. That's, I think, what a lot of people were expecting. Carl, you follow the NFL. Deshaun Watson is accused of sexually harassing. I mean, no, no. I guess the, Ser- the, serial cases of of during a massage that's supposed to be a therapeutic massage, turning it into a sex act, um, exposing himself, uh, masturbating, um, touching the women, and all these women have come forward. A lot of them don't know each other. Uh, one publication is either the Washington Post or Sports Illustrated. I forget right now. Um, called up like the head of the association in Houston of the local, a very respected person who's a. a physical therapist and to, you know, to get her opinion, was this, you know, what, what she thought about, Oh, he did it to me too. She said, I mean, this is somebody that called it random. So you've got these 25, 30 cases. There's apparently other victims and six games. Apparently met with 66 women yeah. over the course of like 18 months. Yeah. And yeah. we six, only know the ones that have come forward. Six games seems like some sort of a bad joke. So I guess, I guess we don't let next, next year when they, you know, have, you know, when they have pink uniforms or, you know, they they have their woke in-house ads. This is the real NFL. Here's a quarterback who's really good and they want him on the field. And so these sex crimes, he, grand jury refused to indict him for sex crimes. They're suing. He's going to, they're probably going to be these enormous Apparently payouts. settled with 22 yeah, of the Enormous payouts, private. That is the other thing to me about this story that is just mind-boggling is that the Cleveland Browns went and gave him a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed, all of it guaranteed, and according to the recommendation of this judge, again, we'll see what the ultimate outcome is based on what Roger Goodell does, but none of his – and again, he's he's settled with these people privately, so he's paying them something, but you know, none of his – according to this recommendation, none of his – Signing bonus, none of his money is going to be touched. He's not going to be fined by the NFL. At least that's the recommendation, which is just the whole thing just is so cynical and so disgusting to me. It absolutely is tarnishes the NFL's image, which which wasn't very good to begin with on that score anyway. Well, it's a, in know, my opinion. No, I, I I to me it's a shockingly low recommendation. All right. Okay, we'll leave it there. All right, I'm Tom Bevan, co founder and president of Rookler Politics and Rookler Sports. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief of Real Clear Politics. And this has been the RCP Takeaway for Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022.